Thanks for listening to the Tower Hill Church Podcast. Our prayer is that today's message will challenge and inspire you to pursue Jesus and to love people to life. My family and I, we have been missionaries to Tanzania since 2001, and we are grateful to be Tower Hill Church's missionaries to Tanzania. My wife, Wendy, who's back with our other children in Alabama, she came to Christ and was called to be a missionary at the age of five through her church's bus and children's ministry. And I came to Christ during vacation Bible school following my kindergarten year. I was called into full-time ministry in second grade and knew in eighth grade that the Lord was calling me into missions. when Wendy and I first made our way to Tanzania, we made our way with a two-year-old and a nine-month-old, and now we have three boys and three girls proving that the soil of Tanzania is rich and fertile. (laughs) We're getting a crop of children. Well, some of you may be wondering, where in the world is Tanzania? Tanzania is in East Africa. It is south of Kenya, north of Malawi and Mozambique. It's right on the Indian Ocean. And there in Tanzania, we have the snow-capped peak of Mount Kilimanjaro, the highest point on the continent of Africa. And then there's the Serengeti, which is teeming with all kinds of wildlife. And then there's the Ngorogoro Crater, which many refer to it as the Eden of Africa. But I want you to know that in the midst of all of this beauty, there is a grim reality. You see, about 35% of the population are Muslims. If we were to take all of the Muslims who live outside the border of Tanzania and south of the equator in Africa, they would not equal the number of Muslims living within the borders of Tanzania. And then about 35% of the population are nominal Christians. More than 92% of Tanzania's population practices some form of witchcraft with many Christians still going to doctors, so-called Christians going to doctors, witch doctors, not doctors, but witch doctors in order to get the help that they think that they um, can be provided for through these witch doctors. And then about 20% of the population are pure animists, worshiping the spirits in rocks, trees, rivers, you name it, they worship it. But in the midst of these dark realities that oppressively tower over Tanzania as Goliath did over Israel, the Lord has raised up the Tanzania Assemblies of God for such a time as this. From 2009 to 2019, this praying, fasting, Bible-believing, Christ-centered, spirit-filled church has experienced phenomenal growth from a half a million to three and a half million members, from 2,800 to over 10,000, actually over 13,000 pastors and churches now, and then from two to 12 missionary families. And together with your partnership, the Tanzania Assemblies of God, or the TAG as we say for short, is strategically planning to grow to 25 million members, 40,000 churches, 45,000 pastors, and 200 TAG missionary families sent out around the world all by 2033. And you, Tower Hill Church, are making that a reality in Tanzania through your prayers and through your partnership. And all of this is taking place under the strong leadership of our TAG General Superintendent, Dr. Barnabas Mtokambali, who Pastor Gary's very good friends with. When he was just 19 years old, Dr. Mtokambali was studying in, in school. As he was studying, a man walked up to him saying, you know, you will read this science book from cover to cover. And you will finish it. But I have a book that you will never finish. And it will transform your life for all eternity. 
So he started reading the Bible. He gave his life to the Lord, was baptized in the Holy Spirit, and then began sharing the gospel. In 1986, he planted his first church in Morogoro, Tanzania, which he continues to pastor today as the general superintendent or the top leader of the Tanzania Assemblies of God. From that one church, he has now planted over 300 daughter churches and has raised up over 85% of the pastors for those churches. What he has done at a local church level, he is now doing at a national level as he leads the TAG by example. As he leads and pastors other Tanzanians to Christ, his strategic plan mandates that each TAG member reach and disciple at least one Tanzanian each year. As Dr. Mtokambali raises up and mentors 15 to 20 pastors every year, he expects the t each TAG pastor to raise up and mentor at least one other pastor every three years. And as, he, and as his church in Morogoro plants 20 to 30 churches on a yearly basis, the TAG strategic plan requires every church to plant at least one other daughter church every three years. What Dr. Mtokambali and the TAG is doing, what they are doing is envisioning Tanzania for Jesus. They are living and dreaming God's dream as seen in Habakkuk 2.14 and Isaiah 11.9. Of the earth being filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. This is the basis of their vision. It fuels their passion and guides their strategic planning in reaching Tanzania and beyond for Jesus. They love Jesus and they long for his kingdom to come, for his will to be done on earth in Tanzania as it is in heaven. In the midst of Tanzania's 150 tribes and 55 million Tanzanians, they are playing the music that Jesus composed. They are dancing the dance that Christ gave them. And they are singing the new song that he put in their hearts. Amen. Hallelujah. We are singing that new song this morning because of what Christ did on the cross. And I want to talk to you this morning about singing a new song to the Lord among the nations as he erases the old, the old songs, the old life in our lives. Psalm 96 joyously mandates that we sing a new song to the Lord. What is this new song? We read about this new song in Revelation 4 and 5. We're surrounding the throne of God and the Lamb who was slain and yet lives forevermore. Are the four living creatures and the 24 elders along with the whole angelic host of heaven. And all of creation is surrounding the throne. And they sing... Blessing and honor and glory and power belong to the one sitting on the throne and to the Lamb who lives forever and ever. They sing, worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power, riches, wisdom, strength, honor, glory, and blessing. For you were slain and your blood rescued people for, for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. You are worthy, O Lord our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things and they exist because of you. This new song that they sing out, they cry it out. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was, who is, and who is to come. It's the song Isaiah heard in Isaiah 6 where he saw the Lord high and lifted up. And his presence filled the temple. He heard the angelic being saying, holy, holy, holy. Is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. As a result of seeing the holiness of God, Isaiah repents of his sin and is cleansed and forgiven of his sins. His sins are erased. 
what one sin in your life Tell me what one sin in your life that our God is not able to forgive. What waters is he not able to part? What mountain is he not able to move? What sin in your life or in your neighbor's life or in your family member's life is he not able to forgive? When he went to the cross, he died for all. He died to set all men free. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all come to repentance. Isaiah, he then hears the Lord call out for someone to go and to sing this new song to the Lord among the nations. Isaiah commits himself to the Lord and is commissioned to go and preach. That is to sing this new song. It's the new song that we are to sing to the Lord in worship and that we, were, that we are to sing among the nations, among our co-workers, our classmates, our neighbors our family members, as a witness and testimony of God's gospel, the good news. When we take 30 seconds at the gas station to share with the person on the other side of the pump that Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, that he is the creator and savior of the world, that he took upon himself the judgment and punishment of our sins, the judgment and punishment for our sins so that we can be forgiven set free, totally changed, and filled with the goodness of God. When we share that, that 30 seconds will change their lives for eternity. Romans 1.16 says that the, power, that the gospel is the power of God and to salvation. It does not contain the power of God. It is the power of God unto salvation. This good news, it supersedes, it surpasses, and it subverts that of CNN, MSNBC, Facebook, Twitter, Google, Amazon, and even that of Fox News and Newsmax. <laughs> it's the only good news that defeats the power of evil, sin, and death and resurrects the dead. Hallelujah. It brings to nothing the religions and idols and gods of the nations. It sets the sinner free. It erases the old and brings forth the new. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If any man be in Christ, pow! Old things have been erased. Old things have been removed. Behold, all things have become new in Christ. We are a new creation in Christ, speeding towards his new creation when he will make all things new in him. It's the victory that he accomplished on the cross and that he desires to see implemented in all the world, among all the nations. So instead of complaining as we wait in the long lines at Walmart, we can share with those in front and behind us how Jesus has saved us and how he wants to save them. 2 Corinthians 2.16 bears out that our witness is never in vain, that he will use our proclamation of the gospel as a witness against those who reject it and as the very means of bringing salvation to those who receive it. Our lives, our lives are the stench of death to those who reject Christ and the fragrance of life to those who receive him. It doesn't matter how well or how poorly we think we've presented the gospel when we share it with our lips. The Lord takes what we have shared in obedience to his will, and he uses it for his glory. It's never in vain. He will use it as a witness against them, or he will use it as the very means to save them out of their sins, just as he has saved us.
Psalm 96 verses 1, 9, 11, and 12 says, Let the whole earth sing to the Lord. Let all the earth tremble before him. Let the heavens be glad and the earth rejoice. Let the sea and everything in it shout his praise. Let the fields and their crops burst out with joy. Let the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord. How do we let the earth sing to the Lord? We do so by our testimony, by our witness, by singing this new song to the Lord throughout all of the earth. Sharing the gospel, that is, our singing this new song among the nations is the key to the whole earth singing to the Lord. We sing this new song where it, it is not being sung so that those who are not singing it might join in with us around the throne of God singing this glorious new song to him. You see, Revelation 4 and 5 is not just a future reality. It is a present reality. It is what, we are, it is, what is taking place right now. As we are gathered here in Auburn, we are also gathered around the throne of God singing this new song to the Lord. Ephesians 2, 6 says that we in the nasty here and now are seated with Christ in heavenly places. We go into the darkness of this world while we are at the same time seated with Christ in heavenly places, gathered around his throne. As the people of God, as the temple of God, as his church, we bring Jesus into the darkness of our world. So as we are gathered around the throne, singing this new song to the Lord, we move out among the nations into the darkness of the world, singing this new song among them so that they might join in together with us. The world needs their past erased. They need their lives forgiven. And they need a new song. You may be here this morning and your heart is, and mind is filled with darkness. You're being tormented by the darkness. There's nothing good in the darkness. But there is one thing. Our God is not afraid of the darkness. And he comes into the midst of the darkness. And he wants to drive that darkness out of your life. Out of all of our lives. He loves us with an unfailing love. I'm reminded here of our TAG pastors who have gone out into the darkness of Tanzania, very difficult places in order to see that darkness driven out of the lives of men and women in those places. Pastors like our dear friend, Pastor Anna, who graduated from one of our 71 TAG church planning schools. She moved out among the Wabedabite tribe on the backside of nowhere, and she planted a TAG church among them in the little village of Kutish. This is truly amazing because the Wabedabite tribe is a warrior tribe, much like the world-renowned Maasai tribe. A big difference between these two tribes is that as a rite of passage to manhood, Maasai boys are expected to kill a lion. While Wabedabite boys, however, are commissioned to kill a man from another tribe. And now the Wabedabite tribe, this fierce and murderous tribe, is coming to Jesus. We were with Pastor Anna doing an open-air children's service with a ministry team from the U.S. The service was interpreted from English to Swahili to Kibedabite because the older generation doesn't know Swahili. After we finished praying with the children, as we were packing up our equipment, about a dozen older Wabedabite men and women came forward for prayer and salvation. And this is what happened.
This woman is not praying in her mother tongue, keep better bike. She has been baptized in the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, singing this new song to the Lord because of your prayers and because of your support. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What a gracious and merciful God we serve. What the Lord did in the life of this woman and what would many call the backside of nowhere, he wants to do so right here in Auburn, New Hampshire, in your life this morning. He wants to forgive you as he forgave these Wabetabite men and women. He wants to save you and fill you with his precious Holy Spirit. He wants to put a new song in your heart to sing to the Lord among the nations. He, want to, he wants to erase the thoughts of your past and the thoughts that are tormenting you. The things that you have done, he wants to forgive you. We all need the Lord's forgiveness. All we have to do is say, Lord, help me. Psalm 96 verses 2, 3, and 10 commands us to sing to the Lord, to praise his name, to each day proclaim the good, good, to proclaim the good news that he saves, to publish his glorious deeds among the nations, to tell everyone about the amazing things he does, and to tell the nations the Lord reigns. Sharing this good news is not optional for us as a church or for us as individual believers. Why? Psalm 96 verses 4, 10, and 13 tells us why. Because the Lord, he is great. He is most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. Because the world stands firm and cannot be shaken. God created the unshakable world and it reflects who he is. Because he will judge all peoples fairly. Because he is coming. He is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world with justice and the nations with his truth. Psalm 96 verses 7 through 9 shows us how the nations should respond to this new song that we are singing among them. The nation's proper response is mandated by the Lord and admonished by those of us singing this new song to the Lord. Out with the old song, in with the new song. How should the nations of the world respond? They should recognize the Lord that he is glorious and strong. The nation should give to the Lord the glory he so rightly deserves. They should bring their offering to the Lord, come into his courts and worship him in all of his holy splendor. Psalms 96 verses 5 through 6 shows us why the nations should respond this way. Because the gods of other nations are mere idols. But the Lord, he made the heavens. Hallelujah. Because honor and majesty surround the Lord. Strength and beauty fill his sanctuary. Let the old gods of our lives, the old imaginations, the gods that we've set up in our minds and our hearts, these vain imaginations, let them be erased by the blood of Jesus Christ, by his forgiveness, and let the new come in. But the nations, they cannot respond unless we as Christ's church make it our top priority to sing this new song among them. It's about discipling the nations to sing this new song to the Lord. 
It's about the nations taking the gospel to the nations. The gospel is that new song to be sung to the Lord from nation to nation, from everywhere to everywhere. This is priority one. countries building Bible schools, training centers, and we see the result of it in country after country after country as the nationals take the good news of Jesus Christ to their people. And that's what Priority One is, that's what we do, and we love doing it. Assemblies of God, World Mission, Priority One Missionaries to Tanzania and beyond. Wendy and I, along with our children, we work hand in hand with Pastor Gary's very good friend, AGWM missionary evangelist Sam and Joyce Johnson, the founders and president of Priority One. As Sam shared in the video, Priority One empowers national churches like the TAG to raise up and equip their pastors to do the work of the church. In other words, Priority One empowers churches of other nations to sing this new song to the Lord so that these national churches are fully equipped to admonish nations both near and far to recognize and worship the Lamb who was slain and yet lives forevermore. Priority one is all about letting the whole earth sing to the Lord so that the earth may be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Priority one has been working in over 50 countries, building Bible schools and training centers that help churches of other nations deliver the good news of Jesus Christ to their own people and to people everywhere. Sam's very first AGWM Priority One Bible College was built in Portugal. From there, Priority One has helped build Assemblies of God Bible Colleges in Albania, Russia, Belarus, Ethiopia, Malawi, Nigeria, Togo, Mozambique, Liberia, the Philippines. Bangladesh, Romania, Georgia, Botswana, Cambodia, Tanzania, and many others. Through your partnership with us as AGWM Priority One missionaries to Tanzania and beyond, classrooms are being built.
dormitories are being constructed. Chapels are being added. Libraries are being expanded. And so much more is being accomplished, including the development of 71 church planning school campuses, which are strategically positioned across Tanzania. These schools have graduated more than 10,000 newly called pastors, men and women, young and old, who are being sent out to plant churches. Let me just say, we had an unbelievable ordination service where over 600 newly called pastors were ordained to go out and to plant churches in a powerful, powerful way. This is the fruit of Party One's investment in national churches like the TAG. And when you partner with AGWM and Priority One, you are empowering national churches to proclaim the good news that Jesus saves, to publish his deeds among the nations, to tell everyone about the amazing things God does, and to tell the nations the Lord reigns. What is so amazing about these church planning schools is that they are all up and running, even without facilities. As the students have class in nearby local TAG churches, eating, sleeping, studying, and worshiping on one sanctuary floor. 36 of these 71 church planning school campuses lack facilities. But for $70,000 per campus, we are able to build the much-needed facilities and move these newly called church planners off the floors of nearby TAG churches and onto these remaining 36 campuses. By investing in these church planning schools, you, Tower Hill Church, are, are empowering the Tanzania Assemblies of God to nurture the call of God upon the lives of thousands of newly called pastors who are who are planting thousands of churches. I'm talking about pastors like our dear friend, Pastor Katema, who left his work as a gemstone miner to sing a new song to the Lord, um, planting churches in the Islamic region of Kondoa, which many refer to as the Little Sudan of Tanzania. Pastor Katema, he would walk four days and three nights one way to reach the villages of this region. Since the late 90s, he has planted nine churches in Kondoa. He has planted these churches facing fierce opposition from Islamic leaders and attacks from wild animals. In the Muslim village of Chandama, three lions surrounded him as he slept under a tree in the wilderness. The villagers, they refused to allow him to sleep in Chandama because they knew that he wanted to plant a church among them. These very same lines, they attacked the villagers of Chandama, killing a small child. The village leaders, they feared that the evil spirits were punishing them for their mistreatment of this good man named Pastor Katema. So they went looking for him, calling at his name, thinking that the lions may have killed him as well. To their amazement, as they called at his name, Katema, Katema, are you alive? To their amazement, he came walking up out of the African bush, out of the wilderness, alive and totally unharmed. They told him what had happened in the night and asked him if he had seen the lions. He told them that he had not seen them, but that he remembered some dogs surrounding him and sniffing him. But he was so tired, he just curled up a little bit more. He said he pulled the covers over his head and he continued to sleep. When they went to where he slept, they found not dog, but lion paw prints all around where he had slept. God had miraculously spared his life. It's a modern day Daniel in the lion's den story. The Muslim leaders, they were so awestruck that they gave Pastor Katema a plot for a TAG church. And they also gave him a place to live in Chandama. Today, we have a vibrant TAG church. TAG Church singing a new song to the Lord in the Muslim village of Chandama. And that church is planning other churches. Hallelujah. 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 Thank God. 
What a marvelous investment you are getting ready to make this morning as you give to this project. And what a glorious return you and the Lord will receive on that investment. Christ will receive the inheritance that he so richly deserves because of your help in building these remaining 36 church planting schools at $70,000 each. The inheritance Christ will receive through your giving is the nations gathered around the throne singing this new song, which even the people of Chandama could not snuff out. God will allow his new song to go forth. No one can erase his new song. And no one can erase, can stop him from erasing the old songs in the world today. You may be here this morning in need of the Lord's help, but you may think that the Lord will not rescue you as he did Pastor Katamba because of the life you have lived. Psalm 107 speaks of four different groups of people who found themselves in desperate situations as Pastor Katema did. Verse 4 speaks of those who wandered in the wilderness, lost and homeless, hungry and thirsty. They nearly died. Verse 10 mentions those who sat in darkness and deepest gloom, imprisoned in iron chains of misery with no one to help them because of the rebellion against the word of the Lord. Verse 17 reveals how some were fools who rebelled and suffered for their sins. They couldn't stand the thought of food and were knocking on death's door. And then in verse 23, it tells us of those who went off to sea in ships sailing the trade routes of the, of the world. Their ships were tossed to the heavens and plunged to the depths because of the winds and the waves. They cringed in terror and were at their wits' end. Are you at your wits' end this morning? In all four situations, in verses 6, 13, 19, and 28, these four groups of people, they cried out to the Lord for help. And some of them were pretty, pretty bad scoundrels, as we read among those four groups. But all of them cried out to the Lord in the midst of their trouble, trouble that most of them had created for themselves and in others had not created. Like those in the ship, those like Pastor Katema. And they cried out to the Lord for help in the midst of their trouble. And in these very same verses, we read that the Lord heard them and rescued and saved them from their distress. This morning, do you find yourself in need of the Lord's help? Do you need the Lord to rescue and save you? Then cry out to him for help as these did, as Pastor Katema did for himself and for the salvation of Chandama. He hears your heart's cry. And he is so ready to rescue and save and deliver you and your family. He gave too much on the cross to refuse your salvation. <laughs> he wants to erase your sin this morning. He wants to set you free. There is no sin that's too great for our God to forgive. There's no person who's so lost that he cannot find them. Our God is the almighty, everlasting God. This morning, how many of you can testify that the Lord has saved and redeemed you? That he has already placed a new song in your heart to sing? If that is true of you, I want you to raise your hand this morning. You may want to raise both hands this morning. Keep them raised this morning. Psalm 107 verse 2 says, 
that if the Lord has saved and redeemed you, then speak out and tell others that the Lord has saved and redeemed you from your enemies. We have every reason to boldly and unashamedly sing a new song to the Lord among the nations, to witness to those around us. We have no reason to fear because the Lord, He is with us. We are seated with Him in heavenly places. If they wound us, the Lord will heal us. If they kill us, he will raise us from the dead. Open the grave. I'm coming out. We have no reason to fear what man shall do to us. Because the Lord God Almighty is with us. Thanks for listening to the Tower Hill Church Podcast. Our prayer is that this message encouraged and inspired you in your journey with Christ. For more information, you can visit our website at th.church or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at TowerHillNH. To give online, you can go to th.church/giving. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.